it is hard. It is really hard, you know, when you are working a full-time job and you realize your passion, you know, I guess a better example would be, you know, I graduated from college working a full-time job and then I realized my passion and then I was building it on the side there, which a lot of people do. That's actually more realistic, actually. <laughs> yeah. Most people do. I was just very fortunate. I got rejected from the dance team because- yeah it gave me so much space. And I know people don't have that luxury typically to explore their passion for four years without a lot of pressure. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. Today we have guest Eliza Shirazi, who is the creator and founder of the award-winning kickboxing and music-inspired fitness brand, Kick It by Eliza. I am so excited to have Eliza. I'm so excited to have you here. If you have not experienced Kick It, the energy by Eliza and her classes are seriously unparalleled. She's been at Be Well Fest every year, I think now. Have you been every year? Maybe, maybe one. I, the standout one to me was in Portland, that which was so much one. fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So pretty much everyone, even the virtual one, and she'll be back this year. Okay. But um, that's like the number one thing that sticks sticks out to me with you, Eliza, is like your energy. And before I even met you, other people were like, oh, "You're gonna love her. Her energy. She's just like <laughs> so contagious. She, you're just gonna love her." And they're not wrong. So, anyways, welcome to the podcast, Eliza. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I, I really, I remember the first, I guess it was the first Be Well Fest in Portland and it was such a cool experience. I, it seems like a million years ago, but I also remember it like it was yesterday. Yes. Oh my God. Same. It does. It feels so long ago. It was four years ago, I think, because it was, because um, we're on the fourth festival. So it was January of 2019 was that first one. Oh, crazy. That's Insane. so crazy. And the feedback, of course, was incredible. And all the same of everyone's like, oh my God, her energy. Like <laughs> she could she could be the uh, MC for Be Well Fest. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Uh, and excited to have you on the panel this year as well. But yeah. Eliza, so can you give us a backstory about how you, like your journey into creating this amazing vampire, as you call it, which I definitely want to jump into more on that as well. But just what was your journey? I know you started this in college, but can you kind of walk us through your journey of creating Kick It by Eliza? Speaking of time, it's so weird to think that I started this in college because it's, it's the same idea of like, 
it seems like a million years ago, but it also seems like yesterday. Mm. And I kind of understand now, like when I was in college, I remember people saying like, you know, when I was in college a million years ago, and now I'm the person that's like, when I was in college a million years ago, which is so strange. But just for some context, I started Kick It when I was a freshman in college, which was 2009. It's so wild to think it really is. Time flies. Time really flies. Mm. And I grew up dancing. So fitness is sometimes a natural progression for people who are in like the creative arts space, dance. It's it's very close to, Mm -hmm. fitness is very close to that because it's movement-based. So I went to UMass Amherst and I love telling the story because it's just a message for anyone who gets rejected to, you know, take it as a blessing. Mm. I auditioned for the dance team two times and I didn't make it. And, you know, it's really hard as a young adult going into college, kind of looking for a community and a space that feels familiar and to get rejected from that. It was, it it was just more a, a, a kind of a bruise to my ego and made me explore different outlets like fitness. And so I took a step aerobics class my freshman year and I had taken group fitness classes with my mom growing up in high school. And we would go to the local gym in our town and immediately my body and my, my mind were like, okay, this is really close to dance. Like I really love this kind of movement. So let me explore this. And I was, you know, just really ambitious and energetic and wanting to get involved with something my freshman year. So I simply asked my fitness instructor how she started and she introduced me to the group fitness director on the campus and I remember auditioning in this velour set that I totally would not work out in today or maybe I would work out in it today Who knows? and I didn't realize that when I was meeting the director that I was actually auditioning I had no idea what to expect I thought we were just gonna have a conversation so she basically said all right like let's see a demo of a class you'd want to teach and it was simply on the fly. I did maybe like 20 seconds of a kickboxing combination that I totally made up on the spot and just kind of like remembered from a a group fitness class that I took in my hometown, you know, just like really made it up because I didn't want to screw it up. I didn't want to seem unprepared. Yeah. And she asked what I wanted to call it. And I said, I'd call it kick it. And I started teaching and she really gave me a beautiful runway to do what I wanted to do, which is, it's like, it was very like right time, right place, Mm. unique circumstance that she was trusting in me to, you know, create this class and, and go for it. And it, it was a really fun college career for me because I was building kick it and I was just doing it for fun. Like there sure as heck was not about the money. Like I think Mm. I was making $10 a class. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't about pressure. I didn't feel pressured to perform a certain way. I was just like happy to be doing what I loved and having that space and that like organic time to cultivate my community and not feel like I needed to be someone or Mm. hit financial goals or honestly things that I feel now. I, I look back at my college self and I'm like, wow, what a gift to that just simply yeah. do what I love with no pressure at all. Like, wow. And when I graduated from college, I studied public health and health sciences and communication. So building this business was, has been interesting because I didn't study business, but I always have been interested in the science of people mm. and how they think 
and how we communicate and how we work together. So it's really not that far off, but like the actual business side has been a big challenge for me. And that's common with creatives. Like it's really hard typically for creatives to have that business mindset and vice versa. Like, you know, business people tend to hire creatives because their brain doesn't work that way. And I'm sure this resonates with you in some way, at least that, you know, it's hard wearing all the hats and that's Mm -hmm. been a really big, big challenge for me since, since graduating. So Long story short-ish, I graduated and since I went to UMass, a lot of people moved to the Boston area. It's like Boston or New York is typically the two big cities that people go to do. And that was great for me because people wanted to kick it in Boston. And that's where I was. I was working at the Brigham uh, full-time entry-level job. It was called ClimbCore. It was basically an effort and an initiative to get people to take the stairs to increase heart health in Boston. (laughs) Um, So I was running around like a little minion doing that and teaching Mm. kick it wherever I could. Mm. And if it weren't for the people who asked for the class, I probably would not have continued teaching or going after it like I did. And that's been a big theme in my career is other people seeing the light in me. Mm. And I always encourage people to see it for themselves. But that was a really big thing for me early on is knowing that people wanted the class, knowing people that believed in me. That's what made me really ambitious and to like go for whatever I was going for at that time, whether it was auditioning at Equinox or pop-up studios later down, you know, the line or whatever it was, it's always been fueled by the community. So that's kind of like the early on journey. And then eventually in like 2016, 2017 really is when I went full-time, you know, entrepreneur working for myself. I love that. And there's so many pieces of that, even like the early journey that are so perfect. Like the fact that you auditioned for the dance team twice and you got rejected and you found another path that still worked for you of like not giving up. And especially if you're passionate about it. And the second piece that I really picked up from that and that I love and that I think people really need to hear so many times, like so many people want to create a business from their passion, right? And what I see too many people do is try to go the route of just what's going to make them profitable of like, how can I make the most money from something kind of passion related instead of going full force into the passion and then developing that into a better way to generate income from it, but really following that passion first. And I think that's such a prime example of like, it wasn't like you were doing this to try to make a ton of money or build a huge empire, you know, you were doing it because you loved it and you were following that passion. Yeah. And I, again, I just feel so lucky that I had the space to do that because it is hard. It is really hard, you know, when you are working a full-time job and you realize your passion, you know, I guess a better example would be, you know, I graduated from college, working a full-time job, and then I realized my passion and then Mm -hmm. I was building on the side there, which a lot of people do. That's Mm -hmm. actually more realistic, actually. (laughs) Yeah. I was just very fortunate. I got rejected from the dance team because it gave me so much space. And I know people don't have that luxury typically to explore their passion for four years without a lot of pressure. 
Right. So I definitely don't take that part of my journey for granted because mm. I think it was actually really instrumental. Yeah, I think that that's amazing that you had all of that time and space in college to do it. I think you're right. Like the majority of people that are getting into this more so are working full-time jobs and trying to figure out how could I continuously build this? And I, I love yeah. that you said that too about having this space without the pressure. Because I see like in my work as coaching wellness entrepreneurs and coaching entrepreneurs to build their business, I see a lot of people that like want that rush out of their current situation and they're like on the fast track to try to leave that situation but it actually can be really supportive to have that income that stability as you're building and as you're like really creating a business out of your passion so I think it's important to note that too and a lot of times people think that it's just like you decide and my story was a little different than that like I was a little bit more reckless and <laughs> just kind of like built it on the side for you know a year and then was like all right not doing corporate anymore goodbye I gotta figure this out but you know I think that all comes into personality as well but there's nothing yeah. wrong with having a job as stability as you build oh, on the side yeah there's nothing wrong with that at all and oh my gosh Kat I feel like we can go on for days about this but I I also feel like entrepreneurship is so glamorized on social media. And so people, anyone can be an entrepreneur for sure. Yeah. But it really comes down to like, what are you willing to put into it? You know, yes. like anyone can start a business, but sustaining a business is really, I've learned like the hardest hardest yeah. thing like anyone can start a small business but can yeah. you see it through and hang on when there are really low lows and yeah. be level-headed when there are really high highs that's been such a big part of my journey is you know I I read this somewhere and it resonated so much but it, it was something to the effect of like I want to learn from people who have hit really low lows yeah. in their business like when money wasn't coming in and when ideas completely failed, like I want to learn from those people on what they did, because mm. that is like the kind of coach and the kind of mentor that, you know, I want to, I want to learn real. from that. that hits so hard because it's so easy to go on social media and see so many business owners winning, you know, like, yep. and then it's so important. Of course, we want to share our wins and we want to celebrate, you know, I want to celebrate my members and my instructors and my clients and, right. and all that. But it's like to learn from people who are willing to talk about the, the, the low points is so valuable. I yeah. love that you said that because it, it's so true it's it's funny I was like kind of giggling because I had another podcast interview right before this and and we got into this topic a little bit too and it's just yeah. like it's so true because entrepreneurship like if you're anyone yes anyone can do it but you're going to be tested it is the biggest self-growth journey you will ever embark on I don't care what you've been through <laughs> but like being an entrepreneur will test the limits and there are extreme highs and extreme lows and the biggest work that you can do like there's not a single person out there and there's nothing that I hate more than seeing these people they're like I made a million dollars in two months it's like bullshit like what did you do for the last 10 years before that two million dollars like you yeah. put in work and you dedicated and you were showing up but anyways yeah. Yeah. I love that you pointed that out because everyone has the hard times and you actually made a recent Instagram post that I was thinking about as well where the the, the trending Kardashian, Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. Kardashian <laughs> thing where it's like yeah put in the work and yeah. I loved your post on that because it's like 
yes, you do have to show up and put in the work and all of this stuff. And also like there's that balance of not killing yourself because as you said, like keeping that consistency through the highs and the lows are going to help you maintain longevity through all of the peaks and valleys that you're definitely going to experience. And what are like, I would love to hear just some of your tips for how you've done that. Because, you know, like, as we've said, you have low points, there are are really hard times of business. And there that's unavoidable. But what has been really key for you during those times? Like how have you stayed? How have you allowed yourself to stay kind of like even in the middle? It's it's very difficult. And it's something that I'm still trying to I think a lot a lot of entrepreneurs, it's like a, a lifetime thing. You, you yeah. always try to kind of like figure out how to work through that. It's all mm-hmm. mindset. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, it is all mindset. And one thing that comes to mind that's really helped me is having, you know, a community or a friend or a mentor mm-hmm. or a coach or someone that I can talk to about it because it can feel very isolating. You know, like you're doing something wrong if mm-hmm. your business is not at a high at all times. Mm-hmm. So that's been really really important to me. And I think the one thing that I'm really trying to work on too is allowing myself to like step away from my work and not be so attached to it, which has been a very big challenge because I've been doing this for so long. It's almost become like my identity. So separating time for work and just like time for myself Mm -hmm. and not putting so much weight and value on my business. Like I give it way too much power sometimes. So mindset and also just kind of supporting myself with people who can, you know, support me. Yeah. Community. I think that's such a good point is like community really is everything, especially in entrepreneurship when it is like you're building solo. And if you're used to being in corporate with a whole team and like you mentioned before, like wearing all the hats, like you go from a corporate job where you have like a whole team of salespeople, you have a whole team of marketing people, you have a whole team of client service managers, you know, like you have a whole team of product development, you have a whole team of copywriting. Okay. I could go on forever, but anyways, (laughs) it's like you have teams for this. And then when you jump into entrepreneurship, it's like you are all of those teams in one now. And, and I think that's why like investing in support is, is really essential in the journey too, whether it's through a coach, whether it's through a VA, whether it's through a graphic designer, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have through your process, like, cause I know you have a lot online, especially after yeah. 2020, um, mm-hmm. a lot of your, is it, are you primarily online right now? Or? Yeah, primarily online. And the way that I anticipated the way that it has shaken out is that most of the in-person stuff that we're doing are big pop-up events. Mm. And then our main source of classes is definitely our virtual space. How has it been my original attention from going here is like, what has been really useful for you in hiring support? Like, do you have a VA? Do you have, you know, like, what does your support team look like to be able to to help you along this journey? Because I know how much work goes into that. And so that's kind of like my initial intro into that. And then I would love, well, let's start with that. <laughs> okay. Um, my support is small, but mighty. Sometimes it's so funny when people like leave a message on the website or email or info email, they, I think they think that there's like a huge team Yeah. <laughs> behind kick it. And I'm like, mm. uh, sometimes it's, or most times just me. Yeah. Um, Right now, the team consists of my support coach. And basically, she's like a unicorn. She does so many beautiful things. Mm. Her name is Leslie. And Leslie actually started out as someone who took classes in Boston. 
she got certified. She, during the pandemic, helped me build out the virtual platform, support our instructors. Now she mentors them. She's just amazing. She helps me in so many different ways. The second thing is, is that I have hired business coaches in the past and that's been so amazing to have that kind of deeper level support. And mm. it was 2019 when I hired my first business coach. So right before COVID, I had no idea what was coming. Yep. And it was just like, talk about, oh my God, right time, right place. Like I couldn't have hired someone at a better time. And it was a really big investment for me, but yep. it was so important. Like mm. if, if you need help and you can manage to hire help, do it because I mean, I've been doing this since like not building the business, but I've been teaching since 2009. It wasn't until 10 years later that I hired somebody to help me, you know, it was kind of like, Woo, I wish I I did that 10 years ago. I wish I was brave and did that, you know, right out the gate, but you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, um, in addition to that, my, my family, they're a whole bunch of entrepreneurs. My brother helps me with the business in kind of like the back end capacity. I always say it's like the shit that I don't want to do. Like, yeah, we all have that um, insurance, <laughs> all that jazz. He owns a business with my dad, and my sister in law is also a small business owner. She owns cafes in Boston and Cambridge. It. So, just having close family, I feel very lucky because mm-hmm. you know, I can just pick up the phone and be like, uh, what do I do? Or like, yeah, what are or your this thoughts is hard on? today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and they're not like, bail, abort the mission, like, do yeah, something, get a real job. <laughs> yeah, what I really appreciate about my brother, you know, he's in the food industry. So like, he doesn't know the wellness space much, but you know, business is business. Right. And there have been a couple of times where things have been like questionable or really hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it, it almost makes me like a little emotional. He's said to me those two times, like, well, this is your career. Like, you got to keep going, you know, yes. like, he never was like, this is like the end of the road. Like go get a real job. He's always been so supportive and having someone who has been running a business for many, many years, kind of being able to zoom out and be like, wait, no, like this is your career. Like it's not always going to be great. Mm. That for me has obviously, as I'm saying it, you know, with so much zest has meant so much because in my head, working on it mostly not all alone but you know I'm at the end of the day everything I'm responsible for everything it's easy to be like ooh, should I throw in the towel (laughs) you know yeah is this the time where I should you know put put the kibosh on this right and I think that should be so normalized too because then people face those times and they're like well is this a sign that it's not right for me you know, because right. I'm having a difficult time. Like, no, you're pushing an edge, you're growing, and you're probably going to see massive expansion come very soon after that. Totally. So, so good, all of that. And you are extremely blessed to have a family full of entrepreneurs. I think yeah. that is like being able to find that support system if you don't have that in your family. But it sounds like you've, I mean, you've done that. You've also hired coaches. You've oh, yeah. built your For own sure. community as well yeah. of a team of support. So I think that is really important to stress too of like how important that is to put yeah. yourself in the room with people that are going to continuously lift you up and not be the doom and gloom. Like, oh, guess you got to get up. Guess you got to, yeah. here's, here's a job that might work for you. <laughs> yeah. And you know, some, some people might have people in their family or friends that can do that for them, but it's also okay to hire people to yeah. help you and like help see the light. You know, it's like no matter whatever kind of community it is, whether it's hired or you have it built in, it's just so, so important. Yep. And it's a really important investment if you are thinking about, you know, outsourcing. Yeah. We know my thoughts on that. So I won't. Yes. Mine, <laughs> obviously I agree. But um, speaking of 
community, tell us about the Fempire because Eliza, what I love about you, your brand even more specifically is, you know, a lot of people build personal brands, love personal brands. I have a personal brand. You yeah. have a personal brand. Yeah. Your brand is Kick It by Eliza. Like, hello, that is a personal brand, but you've done such a beautiful job of building in your community. Like I know you have a certification program. I know you have like the Fempire, like tell us about that and how that kind of came about in your business and even about your certification and how much of a role that plays in having this community aspect of your brand and also it being a personal brand. Well, thank you for saying that it's clear that there's, you know, community behind behind this because that's something I'm always kind of teetering, at least on like social media. I always want people to see that it's more than just me. Yeah. And also I know that people come to my page sometimes to see me. Right. So it's a really balance. funny balance that I have notoriously struggled with because mm. I want to make sure that my community is front and center. Well, I'll say that, you know, my, my work is rooted in teaching. And I say this a lot because, and I, I keep going back to social media, cause that's the main source of where people learn right. about, you know, this kind of stuff, yeah. you know, fitness methods, brands, communities, whatever. And it can seem like, you know, self-centered work sometimes when it's constant self-promotion. So I always want to highlight the instructors and highlight our members and show people like the power of what we're doing because it is so much more than me. And it always Mm. has been. And a really short and sweet story that I like to tell that speaks to this is that when I graduated from college, someone told me that I should change the name of my brand from Kick It With Eli to kick it by Eliza because it's not always going to be with me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really smart thing because yeah. as it's grown, it's been more and more of me kind of pushing front and center the instructors and pushing front and center our members and our clients because that's what it's about. It's really, yes, people are coming to, you know, maybe they're introduced to it by me or maybe they're interested in my life and what I'm doing, but it's really about like the work and the people that are a part of it. And, you know, I think companies more and more like I'm talking like even, you know, major companies are kind of heading in this direction where there is a face to the company because that's what people connect with. I'm thinking of, oh my God, Flo. What is she? uh, Oh, progressive. Progressive. Progressive insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So even someone like Flo. You say Flo and it's like, yep, (laughs) everyone knows it, you know? (laughs) I'm like, gosh, what a sentiment right there. But people connect with people, right? Like, yeah. So I like progressive is the perfect company to think about because they put a face to their company and it wants, it makes people want to connect with them. And like, we remember Mm -hmm. flow, you know, Mm -hmm. like we go back to flow. So I think what started out as me starting a class and a brand has actually evolved into like what the future is, which is putting a face to a company. And yeah, I just, I really try to kind of balance this line of talking about myself because really I want to talk about <laughs> community and the right. instructors and the fempire and just show people what they can be a part of if they want it to be. I think what's important in all of that too is that it's not so much like it doesn't 
so much matter how like I, I see a lot of struggle with this of people of like should I create another Instagram so that I oh, have yeah, my business yeah, yeah. and then my personal and it's like but you are the brand like even if you're building an amazing community you're highlighting other people even if you step back from being in the trenches at some point like you are the story right. and people right. purchase people jump on board with missions because of the story because of that connection just like you said with having the personal connection like if you think of also the brands that like skyrocket I just I can't even remember what the brand is called but you might have seen it but my boyfriend loves to watch Shark Tank and it was a Shark Tank yeah. company and it was like that sock company like Bombas or something like that oh, Bombas, yeah yeah and they've like blown up but you see all of these stories like Tom's was super popular and it's like their yep. story of giving back their story of the founder their story you know what I mean it's like that yep. heart of the mission and you are the heart of the mission you know you've created this right. mission you've created this movement and now you can highlight all of the community and it's so much bigger right. than that but it comes back to people knowing your mission and I think for the people listening that are maybe newer entrepreneurs or they're wanting to build something like this is like that's what's so important about really getting clear on like why what is your mission and why are you doing this and what are you creating and why like what led to this point and I, I love that because that will always be at the heart no matter how much you bring in out the community and, and highlight right. them as well and how so I know you've built this certification program which is so cool yeah. and I think also something that a lot of wellness entrepreneurs or fitness entrepreneurs probably dream about doing is creating their own certification what was that process like and when did you start like what year was it that you started the certification I started the certification in 2016 and truthfully this came out of a need to fulfill more class requests that I was getting mm -hmm. and I just thought I can't be in two places at once so can I train other trainers to do this mm. and truthfully some of the women in my classes could teach the class better than I could so oh, I thought love that <laughs> Maybe if I can train them, yeah. <laughs> they, could, they could take this with them. A lot of people throughout the years have asked, oh my God, like, aren't you nervous giving away all of your secrets? <laughs> I love that you're saying this. <laughs> and it's so funny because in my early years, like when I, when I first moved to Boston, I remember some instructors being so so protective of their classes. Oh my God. Like yeah. they'd be like, if you're taking her class, you can't take mine. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is the scene. Like this. Yes. And that was almost more fuel to my fire. I love flipping the script. I love mm. just, just flipping the script. No matter we, I have so many examples, but <laughs> in this instance, it was like, okay, people are catty. I see that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go the opposite direction and I'm going to actually share what I do with people and it's going to be great. At the end of the day, like I did not invent the kick. I did not invent the jab. I did not invent the jumping jack. It's just my take on what has worked really well for my classes. Mm -hmm. And my first certification was in 2016. It was in February. And I went back to UMass Amherst and I think there were like 12 people who signed up for my first cert ever, which shit, if 12 people signed up, you know, 
today. That's still great. It's not even yeah. a number. It's like, it's just that people signed up for right. my first cert. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. I went with my mom and we had goodie bags for everybody. <laughs> we made homemade goodie bags. It was so yeah. cute. And I just put together a manual that I thought was good. And it was yeah. fine for what it was worth back then. And it was just a test to see if I could actually train other people. And if it worked, great. I had something, you know, special. And if it didn't, okay. Like I I tried Hmm. and I think we all know how the story ends. It went really Hmm. well. And I realized that very quickly that this was not just a certification where it's like multiple choice questions, essay, practical exam. Like this was a leadership certification for so many people, like getting them out of their comfort zones. And so over the years, that's what it's really turned into. It's turned into a program for current instructors who want to add a boxing or kickboxing style class to their portfolio and challenge themselves and be a part of a community. It's also been a really fun space for people who are brand new to the fitness scene. I mean, one thing that has been so amazing is the CERT has welcomed in people who have never, ever taught before. Some of them turn it into a career after the certification because it's just a safe space to learn and to challenge yourself and to work on leadership, public. I mean, I sound like a broken record for people who know me, but public speaking skills, mindset, learning how to build community. It's truthfully, and I've been told this many times, it's almost like too much value for what the price is. But I simply cannot help myself. <laughs> so people people can, you know, do it for many different reasons. They can do it to teach. They can do it to be a part of a community. They can do it to learn. And it's been a really fun thing to build and see people take it on their own and teach their own classes. Mm. And build their- it's so beautiful because you've really grown and expanded so much from that. And I totally relate with, I think the, the fitness community and wellness community can be very scarcity based of like, yeah. I need all the classes clients don't share I've I mean I've taught at studios that don't allow other instructors to attend classes there because they are afraid of them stealing ideas or whatever you know and I completely agree with you where it was the same like creating the events community was literally highlighting other teachers like that's how I grew my business is highlighting other people you know and I just think that's such a good testament of actually community building community and collaborating with people is the number one drive to your success of like building what you want to build and when people have this scarcity around it they they only limit themselves and it's very sad to see and now it's like you can impact so many more lives through what you've created than just if you held it all in for yourself like you wouldn't be able to touch all of these lives that you can now with all of the instructors sharing the bigger mission right totally and there's room for everyone like that is the main topic is like there's room for so many more people and are you you're in you go to different you have certifications in different states as well or do you just do it in boston right now Pre-COVID, we would do certs in Boston and in New York. Now, all of our trainings are virtual, which has, oh, like we just, I had someone this morning sign up from the, from the UK to do the cert. It's so cool. Oh, cool. And it's just, it's almost like, hmm, should have done this sooner. <laughs> so right. Just, yeah. Virtual has really changed my business in so many beautiful ways, but mm-hmm. it's helped open up way more doors and opportunities for people to join. And would you have gone virtual if it wasn't, if you weren't kind of pushed into it with COVID? Were you already planning on going? I would not have done it as quick as I did. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that I was going to get some online content up, but it was such a blessing that I mean, COVID is 
terrible, terrible, terrible. But mm-hmm. for my business, it was like, right. I got shoved right into it. And, you know, again, it's like one of those things that's like, I wish I did it sooner. Yes. Yeah. I think that's such a good point too. Cause I think a lot of people in fitness and wellness are scared to go online because they feel like it has to be in person. And oh once God. you, once you go online, it's like amazing. You can be opened up to so many more people and being able to create bigger impact. And it's like, the yeah. reality is, is that you can actually do so much more online and yeah. like stop limiting yourself and get online. Yes. Completely uh, agree. Oh, so good. Eliza, I could honestly talk about this all day, but (laughs) for the sake of time, we will wrap it up. A question that I love to ask all of my guests on the podcast are, what does it mean to you to be a wealthy and well woman? What does that look like in your life? Well, I think the thought that comes to mind is like having richness in life, like enjoying my life and being really happy. And yes, money is, everyone needs to make money to live, but it's really like enjoying the richness of your life. That to me is what I'm after. Yes. And that is true wealth too, right? Is enjoyment and fulfillment. And yes, financial wealth can play into that, but it's ultimately your fulfillment levels. I love that answer. So good. Eliza, thank you so much. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you, where to plug into you, all the things? Everything is at Kick It By Eliza on Instagram and my website, a little bit on TikTok now these days. <laughs> and uh, you can find our virtual classes, certifications, pop-ups, all that jazz in all of those places. Yes, definitely go check that out. We'll have the links in the show notes as well. And Eliza will be also at Be Well Fest on May 1st, live and in person, speaking on the community building panel. So if you like these kind of topics, we're going to go only into that even more on May 1st. So join us there if you can in person and check out Eliza. Definitely attend one of her classes. Her classes are absolutely incredible. And Eliza, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. So lovely to have you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the wealthy and well woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the wealthy and well woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there. And I cannot wait to connect you with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.